Hey everybody, welcome to another CornerCast podcast. I'm your host Khalil. Uh, this week, we're a little bit late. And there's good reason why we're a little bit late. Because end of the day, our country kind of went to shit this week. Um, we had a president who showed that he is a scared bully. It reminds me of kids in high school that clearly um, needed validation for their power. And so I didn't have the mental energy to put something together on Monday. And then Tuesday came, and Tuesday was more about uplifting voices of the unheard uh, and to not stray away from what was going on in our country. So I don't usually take a political stance, but I felt it was necessary to stay quiet yesterday, but we're still going to put out a podcast this week. Uh, this week's guest is Bill. Bill is back because we were talking about G.I. Joe Classified. We had a big plan to talk about the figures, throw up a lot of pictures, spend the day talking about G.I. Joe, um, and how appropriate that the military was used to threaten our public. And I talked to Bill about putting this intro at the beginning of the podcast and making sure he was okay with that. And of course he was. Um, And we talked a little bit about... G.I. Joe and although racist stereotypes in the 80s were popular, it did give different people of color, of culture, thank you, Pharaoh, um, different people of culture, a voice and someone, the good guys had somebody, kids to look up to. There were different races, different religions, different genders that played a part in the show. And they made toys of everybody. Maybe not as many as they should have, but they did. And so the idea of inclusion in G.I. Joe, it's kind of appropriate that we're talking about it this week. I also hesitated wondering if I should put out a podcast this week. And with everything that's going on in the country and watching... Um, Ben and Jerry's put out like a three-page letter about Black Lives Matter. And um, watching celebrities and, and others just stay quiet. I also felt like people are going to be mentally drained. They're going to be emotionally drained. And it shouldn't, this isn't business as usual, I think is the bottom line. And so, but at at times we need that downtime. I'm playing Fortnite, I'm watching Titans. Um, I bought some toys this week on Monday. And we need those moments of joy or those moments of distraction so that we can keep moving forward. I've spent almost a week at my day job working on crafting a statement. Um, 
for our institution, and I'm very proud of the support and the work that our staff has put in to that. And I reported this podcast a few times, or the intro a couple times, and felt angry and lashed out and finally in a place where I can, you know, talk about this. And, you know, when you work, when you work somewhere, you're, you know, you work because you like the job or you enjoy it, but you also work for a paycheck. And there have been times in my life where I have had to collect a paycheck to survive in our world and listen to racist, horrible things said by my employers. And those of you that know me know exactly where and who I'm talking about. And, you know, whatever the difference between libel and slander is, I'm not going to sit here and spout off specific things, but behind closed doors, the racist names and such and derogatory terms and treatment towards women and was appalling and disgusting and no one would stand up except me no one would and I mean even I had to smile that awkward smile at times um but, you know, enough was enough and I got out and I urged other people to stand up and support each other, but it just didn't happen and it, it won't happen there. But, um, and it's a shame and I feel very lucky that, um, I live in a community that is somewhat privileged and, sheltered from what's going on in the world. We had a small demonstration in town. The police chief or deputy chief walked with people. It was very quiet, very contained, very peaceful, very w- wonderful to see. Um, but the community as a whole, I'm not so sure about. Um, but... Uh, I was part of a conversation today and, you know, the question came up, are we doing enough? Are we saying enough? And we all have our stories. We all have our things that we've struggled with and having a mixed background for me, I've had my own difficulties, but right now is not the time for me to go into specifically what I had difficulties with. It's not my story to tell right now. Um, So, the exhaustion has set in the mental and physical toll that this all takes on all of us. I hope that we all remember, um, in the next six months and five months from now, when election time comes around that we have the voice to make a change. And I've had comments saying, you know, we're here to talk about toys. Well, we're here to talk about pop culture. We're here to talk about our worlds and our worlds are impacted by the actions that are going on today. 
and for us to sit here and be quiet and not interject those things into the conversation is irresponsible as a citizen of this country. So from time to time, whenever I feel like it, um, I'll post things that speak to me or speak to the point I'm trying to make and support the voices that I want to support. Um, Pharaoh being one of them. I took an amazing um, look at privilege in the pandemic, his um, Zoom webinar interactive piece, and it was touching and it was enlightening and informative and cathartic, I guess, um, to be able to share and talk through things and hear other perspectives and understand other, other perspectives. And so that's one of the voices that I want to make sure is heard. And although we don't have a huge millions of people listening, we have a pretty good following. And so when he shares stuff, I'm going to share it um, and support him. And, um, and, and do that for others in my circle because I feel like I have a responsibility with the station I have in life and the work I've put into this website um, and podcast to put those things out there. And if you don't agree with me politically, that's fine. Um, we don't have to see eye to eye. We don't have to agree. But Pharaoh really said something the other day that really stuck with me and it's been guiding me the past week and it's the time for debate is over there is a right and there is a wrong killing people of culture killing innocent black men killing an abuse of power is not okay there is no gray area there is no any of that and so the time for debate on whether this is right or wrong or whether who gets killed and how it's not open for debate anymore it is what it is and that's where we are and the person fueling the flames of this fire is a president who is acting like a scared bully who's trying to assert his power to show his base that he has some semblance of control over himself and the country when in reality he doesn't um so we're going to talk about toys you can listen to the rest of the podcast which is no political talk it is 100 percent talking about the joe classified line that we got from our friends at mike's comics and stuff uh, mike's toys and stuff uh the store in california and so we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the impact of them. We're going to talk about what this generation's G.I. Joe is or what this generation's, what they're going to be hunting down when they're 40. Um, and it's going to be a little bit of a mind break, an emotional break for those of you that need it. And we're going to continue to do podcasts. We've got the entire month of June already planned and recorded. Um, so enjoy that. Enjoy our posts share our posts, um, vote when the time comes, and when you can, and however you can, 
stand up for yourself and the rights of others. So we will be on Instagram, we will be on Facebook, and we'll be on Twitter. We're at Caster's Corner. Um, please follow us, like us, share our stuff. You can follow the Cornercast podcast on cornercast.com. And remember to check out the website, casterscorner.com. Um, everything will be posted. Everything is there. And we hope that you continue to support us and follow us and interact with us because, yes, we like toys. Yes, we have fun collecting them. Yes, we have frustrations. But we're all part of this country, and we all have to come together and support each other and call out bullshit when we see it. And so please do that. Help people, support, donate, support your time. You don't have to go out and protest. You don't have to risk your lives. If you don't feel comfortable, you have other responsibilities. But there are other things you can do. You can use your voice. You can use your money. You can use a lot of different things to show support. So please do that when you can. So without further ado, um, our podcast this week covering the Joe Classified line um, that we got from Mike's Comics and stuff. Please enjoy. It is me. It is Bill. Let's talk some Joe's. I just wanted to give it a shot because it was uh it's so cool it's yeah. such a cool can yeah just with the design and stuff they did it for may the 4th but they had some like left over so i was like yeah you know what they've still got it i was like in newington anyway so i made no, a point to just perfect. like bolt over and like you know grab a grab a pack of it so so i couldn't think of a better person to have this podcast for because if i think i think it was going to time out correctly let's see june so June 1st is a Monday. Yep. And that's technically G.I. Joe release day. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't think of a more perfect person than you to have on the podcast Yeah, most to definitely. talk about um, this. and The return of G.I. Joe, baby. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say I never thought I'd see it happen mm-hmm. again. I yeah. really didn't. Mm-hmm. Like I was 100% sure we were never going to see G.I. Joe um, at retail. Yeah. The way we wanted it, maybe wanted it. I was fully, like, I was confident there was going to be something. Um, I'm a little surprised, pleasantly surprised by, like, you know, the angle, the the way they went with it. Like, you know, this is our first time ever getting uh, six-inch G.I. Joe action figures, you know, in their new iteration. Uh, I did think it was going to be back. I didn't know if it would be this scale. I didn't know what it would look like. Um, Especially in a non-movie year. Like, yeah. movie, maybe, mm-hmm. we'd get something, some yeah. product, but I never expected it just... Yeah. Just because. Well, I mean, and again, like, I've been, like, I've been hoping for a legit Return of Joe for so long that even when, like, the leaks and, like, assortment lists and start, like, started leaking out ahead of Toy Fair this year, I was still convinced. I'm like, well, people are just misreading this. It's not actually going to be a collector-driven line. It's not going to be a six-inch line. Like, what this is going to be, it's going to be in support of the app game that came out at the top of the year. Right. But And I was like, okay, well, that makes sense because, like, in one of the big hang-ups that Hasbro has done for a long time with Joe is they don't want to lean exclusively in the collector-driven market. You know, they want to find a way to make Joe appealing to kids. You know, and that essentially has been, like, the death knell of Joe for, like, since the 90s, essentially. That, like, what they'll do is they have, like, a niche audience built on, okay, here is a hardcore, like, really 
balls to the wall, all decked out, you know, like, you know, intended for like quote unquote serious collectors, whatever that actually means. But, um, that actually like catches really well and is like insanely popular. And then what they're, they're like, well, we're glad we have buyers, but like, yeah, it's the yeah. figure I'm holding up, which is a roadblock. For yeah. The which 25th is 25th anniversary. Yeah. Line. The 25th anniversary guy. Um, you know, but even before that, they've always been like trying to pursue, uh, trying to pursue like the kids market, get kids back into it. You know, you look at something like even back in the nineties, um, they had increasingly, neon colors goofy accessories and stuff like that with the three and three quarter inch like real american hero like yeah, the, the last couple yeah, and, yeah the last couple of years of that alone were like weird but you know they still had a built-in audience base at least but even with that they decided back then it wasn't enough so they, they were like we need something more appealing to kids that's going to really click in with kids you know and from then they were also trying to tap into all the trends going on from stuff like mcfarland so they threw away the classic, like, you know, three and three quarter inch O-ring format altogether and did, mm -hmm. like, uh, G.I. Joe Extreme, which was limited articulation, like, super dramatic poses, and, like, everybody looked like a goddamn superhero instead of, you know, a futuristic soldier, spy, whatever. Well, and that line, it was the two packs, right? Uh, no, that was, uh, that was, there was two packs and single figures. Oh, there were singles. Okay, yeah. but the but it started with two packs, right? It started yes. with like Snake yep. Eyes and Storm Shadow. And, uh, no, because that's no. the one where they threw out all the characters, even. So it be, it became like a there was like a Duke analog, but he was called like somebody like I can't remember the name now. It's Sergeant Stone or Lieutenant Stone or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm thinking yeah. like later, much yes. later. Okay, yeah, because a few of them they had this kind of iteration for a while that they were trying to figure out what to do uh, in like the early to mid '90s. They're trying to figure out what to do with Joe, and like their first thought was, well. We're going to retire Real American Hero altogether. So no more Duke, no more Snake Eyes, no more Cobra Commander. Mm -hmm. They did like a one-off thing that like I don't know who was for. They're rad figures, but the uh, the Sergeant uh, Sergeant Savage in the Screaming Eagles line, where they were still built like classic three and three quarter inch O-ring Joes, but they uh, they were bigger. They were like four and a half inches tall. Okay, and the whole thing was this weird like future like retro future World War Two sort of thing mm -hmm. and. They're really cool. Like, it's a really neat line. It only lasted for, like, two waves, like, less than a year before it got, like, closed out and everything got dumped at Toy Liquidators. Right. But um, I don't know who it was for, because it definitely wasn't intended with kids in mind, because, like, you know, no kid's going to be like, oh, yeah, I want, like, World War II figures, and I want, like, stand-in, like, Nazi figures for the bad guys. Well, like, I mean, but, like, Big Lots sells those. They do, yeah. Like, yeah. even now, like, you mm -hmm. can go in there and get, like, pretty good vehicles and play sets. Yeah. For your three and three quarter lines, it's um, true, but yeah. but you're not going to see them at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Well, hmm. once in a while, once in a you'll while see you something, something like floated in, and then um, you get that soldiers on dinosaurs for a yeah. while, and then yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, wait, but so, yeah, so so it was that, mm -hmm. and then when was the clip on kind of like mismatched? Joe's that was like late nineties when they were doing like CGI with like Beast Wars and stuff, right? Yes, yeah. So that was, what was that one? Uh, that one was, oh man, I'm trying to remember the name now. Uh, I believe it started off as, I think the whole thing technically now is just called the Valor versus Venom era. That's when it was all the two packs. But no, no, right? no, no, I'm talking like the bigger figures. Yeah. That were like the clip-on, I don't think it was Valor, it was hmm. G.I. Joe, um, they were like six inch almost, uh -huh. they almost looked like Centurions, like you can... 
Oh, oh, you're yeah, yeah, you're talking Sigma Six. Yes. yes. Yeah, 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 Sigma Six was the like the last major attempt aside from G.I. Joe Renegades at actually like, you know, launching Joe and like because the strategy has always been the same as most toy lines, you know, that they're gonna try to find like, you know, whether it's a cartoon or some kind of like media to tie into to be able to like really publicize it beyond just a toy line and right. like a toy aisle. Uh so yeah, Sigma Six was uh that was a big overhaul. You know, with that one they decided they were gonna bring back Introduced new scale, so they had eight-inch figures, um, highly articulated, but also highly stylized. It was actually the same design crew that did Zevos, which was honestly, like, one of those lines. It's a shame it didn't take off, because, like, you know, they were legit one of the greatest toy lines of all time. Yeah. Um, So it had this really stylized, almost anime, not quite, like, you know, um, cartoony style, but it brought back all the real American hero characters. Right. Um, You know, modernized, because, you know, that's, again, one of the trends they've always tried to do, which I think uh, is something even now to date with, like, you know, the new G.I. Joe Classified series, which is the six-inch one. Um, They, uh, there's always this area of contention about whether or not, uh, you know, to modernize the characters and update them, you know, Mm -hmm. from, like, you know, their 80s looks compared to what they may be like today, you know, and Hasbro traditionally has been opting for let's modernize them every time we like you know relaunch for bringing back characters you know we'll do that uh so sigma six took that to an extreme where everything went super non-realistic and really like sci-fi angled and like heavy up on the ninjas and like all that stuff i mean it's also the era of like gorilla optimus prime mm -hmm. and and rat trap and totally you know Uh, um although sigma six actually like you know there is a uh, they have one claim to fame that I think is the most fantastic thing I had ever heard, that the first wave of those guys, because they came in these really inventive and clever boxes, actually, where it was like, oh, like if you don't remember what it looked like, they were essentially a, a four-pane window box, uh, but the top and bottom of the box were like, you know, this like plastic footlockery sort of thing, and essentially you could disassemble the pieces of it, and like the top and bottom of the packaging clipped together to form like a storage locker for the accessories That's of the figure. really cool. Which was really clever. What was hilarious, which was the other thing that I found less clever, but incredibly funny, uh, the first wave also had a built-in battery pack in the packaging with a little red light that would blink on and off. And the strategy behind that was literally because no other toy in the aisle just blinked incessantly, and they thought that would drive kids to want that one. Well, it serves no purpose. It doesn't link up to the accessories. It doesn't. Literally, it's just a buy me, like a buy me signal. Well, it's like that. I mean, if you've been to Walmart in the last year, you've seen the the Mecha Tyrannosaurus mm-hmm. Rex. That if you walk down the aisle, yep. it just starts roaring at you, uh-huh. and you're like. Okay, I'm trying to pick up something like I want to stand here and look through boxes, but I can't because this thing keeps yelling at yep. me. Yeah. So uh-huh. it reminds me of that. Totally. Yeah. So I, I still don't know who it was actually who came up with that idea, you know, from Hasbro Marketing, but I'm sure they're working for like NASA or somebody now. So then 25th anniversary comes around. Mm-hmm. Marvel Legends was dying when 25th came yep. out. Well, there was actually, there was one interesting little caveat, and this is actually what's really funny about us finally realizing Six Inch Joes. There was one other time we almost got Six Inch G.I. Joes, which was uh, during that era, right before 25th anniversary started, um, there was, uh, you know, it was the twilight of Toy Biz Marvel Legends, like, you know, very shortly before, like, Hasbro ended up getting the Marvel Mm -hmm. license. Um, There are a lot of rumors and stuff online. There's even some concept art that's floated that, you know, if you do a Google search, you could find that because uh, G.I. Joe was still under the Marvel license, there was actually going to be a face-off two-pack that would have been Toy Biz-designed Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. 
That would have been awesome. Yes. Yeah. But now I think we're going to see something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, it's a couple a couple decades later, but you know we're actually getting there. I think, I think when the 25th anniversary came out, I got I jumped in early, which mm-hmm. isn't usual for me. Yeah, I jumped in fairly early. I got the two box sets, the Cobra and the Joe box mm-hmm. set. I remember, I think I got them on clearance at Target. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was originally going to be the whole line. Right. And I thought was, I was like in, out, done. Yep. Yeah. It was just going to be a one-off that was like two five packs, you know, one G.I. Joe, one Cobra. And they were like, this will just be a neat little one-off thing. We're doing it in the classic scale, but we're updating the like, you know, the articulation pattern and the engineering. And yeah. like, you know, it'll just be a fun thing that's a nod to like, you know, collectors like, you know, who used to love these figures. Um, you know, with new versions and it did so freaking well that Hasbro was like, well, we're potentially sitting on a gold mine here based on these sales. So we got to keep this going. Right. And they did a great job. I think they, they did, did a really good job. I brought up, um, from the collection, I brought the five figures that are in the first wave of classified, which is the six inch line. So I've got mm-hmm. roadblock. I brought up and granted, these are not I don't think these are the original from the box. I think Roadblock's the original from the box set. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duke and the Scarlet are the updated cartoon ones, uh-huh. the real American hero ones, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then I brought up Destro because he they, is our one and only bad guy in the first line. And but like you know, like even with Destro, like they haven't really fucked him up that much yeah in general like he is probably the most on model uh he's one of the most most consistent like you know because destro really destro's had depending on who you talk to like you know most people will know that he's had like you know kind of one consistent iconic look he's had two other ones throughout time you know there was the iron grenadiers vibe where he had the golden helmet and like you know kind of became a more um more militaristic uh, sort of design, uh, you know, when they were trying to spin him off into, like, a separate bad guy than Cobra. Um, but then there was also the the little-known Pimp Daddy Destro, which was uh, one of the most wild G.I. Joe figures of and, all time. And that's the funny thing, is that, like, I don't think it as, like, not well-known, because, mm-hmm. like, every time I hear his name, yep. I still think that. Yeah. Like, because, uh-huh. like, at some point, that, that cheetah print costume yep. mm-hmm. kind of pops up in my head. Yeah. Um... So the first wave, I know I'm off the So, um, so we actually have the figures. Yep. We're recording this a little early, but, mm-hmm. um, we have them and I'm not going to say too much about that. Spoilers. Um, no spoilers actually. I, you know, I question some of the choices they made mm-hmm. overall, but. I think that for a first wave yeah. of a line, like the first wave of a line, I don't think necessarily they're going to have to go back mm-hmm. and do anything, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I could see Scarlet getting updated, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I think with the exception of, like, the techie armor kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I think they really nailed all the characters well i love it it actually it um you know and again i i will go on record and say that uh i've been really into these figures into the design since i saw the prototypes at toy fair this year and they live up to the expectations of that in like i think every way they possibly could um what i will say is this uh that a lot of people 
this was a bone of contention from Toy Fair, and it is something that your mileage is really going to vary on. And you know what? I'm going to say there's no right or wrong answer to it. Is a lot of people were disappointed by the updates to like you know more body armor, more modern military sort of stuff with these guys, because uh, they really wanted just a like six inch version of like classic R.A.H. Duke or Scarlet or Roadblock the way right. they were in the cartoon. Um, you know, again, what, there's no right or wrong answer with that, uh, but I actually really like uh, the modernization and the like adaptation they did with these guys. Um, and the thing that's really cool about it to me is each one still feels like the character, even if they're off from their classic vintage designs. It reminds me a lot of the Captain America movies from Marvel U uh, specifically in mm. that you know, aside from Winter Soldier, uh, or like Winter Soldier and Civil War were like really, really loose adaptations of the comic stories. Right. The first Avenger was, it took pieces of Cap's origin, but it was straight up just like, we're making this movie based on like bits and pieces from here and there. There's no like story it was adapting from a comic arc or a graphic novel. Right. But that one more so than, like in Marvel's great about this, and it's one of the reasons they, su- they succeeded so much. But uh, um, one of the things about their Captain America series that I really, really loved, and that's why it's my favorite of those, is um, they show a core understanding of the character. So even if something is slightly different, even if it's yeah. tweaked or revised, the heart of the character, like the heart and soul of... Oh, Shit. boy. All right, we're going to pause. And we're back. Okay, cool. We're going to just splice that together so you won't even notice that we were going. We just spilled some you know, drink on. Yeah. The figures as I reach for something, which is the fun part of social distancing and podcasting. You're too far away to pass stuff easily. Yeah, most um, definitely. Um, so, so, anyway, where were if, we? If Destro sounds drunk later, then uh, I will know why. That, that's why. He's when soaked you're, up When some. you're six inches tall, I assume it's not going to take that much uh, that oh. much beer in order to kind of no. get you tipsy. Not at all. So I don't know. Where were we? Uh, we were talking about um, the modernization of uh, the, the Joe line here. And I was saying that uh, I really like... Uh, I like the design they did, um, you know, with giving them the more updated, like modern slash futuristic looking uh, body armor mm-hmm. and, um, you know, slightly sprucing up the design, but still really maintaining the the core elements of each character. Where if you look at them, some more than others, I will say, uh, but overall, like, you know, even the, the most, the loosest of adaptations, which I think is probably from the first wave roadblock, uh, it still, to me reads as roadblock you know he's the one that some people don't feel that with the rest of them i feel there are very like you look at scarlet and you're like oh yeah that's scarlet or you look at duke duke and you're like yep that's definitely duke see and i think the opposite Mm -hmm. i think he roadblock looks the most like with the vest and the you know the the vest and the arms out and the big gun and you know the the bigger body the bigger buck Mm -hmm. i think scarlet for me is the loosest of the th- of the five. I can see that. Yeah. Because like, she looks the most different. Like, there's some elements of her costume, but it's a lot more armored. Yeah. And essentially, so, they gave her pants, because normally she doesn't have pants. And, like, you know, it's kind of like just the, the purple bodysuit. Right. Uh, you know, versus this. Like, you know, she actually... Which is something they've done before. Like, they actually... Uh, her... Her Renegade's design uh, was very similar, actually, in that, uh, you know, she actually had, like, gray pants that sort of, like, made it a tri-colored outfit instead of just, like, you know, a dual-colored one, which it had been. So, I guess, since we're talking about Scarlet, we might as well actually talk about Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first of all, like, her hips don't line up. Like, they've got those new pull-down hips. Yeah, the hips are very interesting on these figures. But hers, she never, I didn't realize this. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't actually go back into the pocket like the other guys do. Hmm. And I can confirm that because I have a second one, hence the second yeah. problem. Hmm. So when I got my Scarlet, um, to get her out of the package, I grabbed her legs, I bent her at the waist, and uh, are you getting them in? No, I'm trying to check this out because mine actually does go in no problem, so I'm surprised by those. Like one side can go in, but the other side, one side pops out. It does. It doesn't evenly line up with the form of her body. Yeah. Um, hmm. And you can mess with that one because okay. that, that's the. Yeah. So I took Scarlet out, and as I was taking her out of the body, out of the package, literally her entire upper body from the waist up, literally just came apart. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, it's been on the mail truck forever, and you know it's. You know, it's hot, the glue, whatever. Um, But then when I actually went to fix her, thinking I could just put her back together, internally, all the male pegs Mm -hmm. um, were cracked and warped. Hmm. So even if I could get her back together, um, they wouldn't go back into... Did you get it? No. No. Um, And this one actually actually has the same problem. Really? Interesting. Take a look. I haven't opened that one yet. Yeah. Um, So... Very so weird. her whole upper body popped open. Everything fell out. I thought I sent you a picture. Yeah. I thought it was interesting the way they're doing the arms because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen that before. I've never taken a yes. figure apart. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't seen a figure where it isn't just like a ball joint that clips yeah. in. Mm-hmm. This one actually like makes like a V or like an L, yep. like a larger, mm-hmm. you know, wider than a V, but close, more closing than an L. Yeah. Where like the actual ball joint is for lack of a better way of describing this, is under her boobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you get a rat, like a like a hinge joint mm-hmm. at the shoulder. Yeah, essentially what it does, it's able to free up so you can get a 360 rotation uh, that can go both, uh, like, moving the shoulders forward to lurch or, like, you know, back to splay out the chest or, like, also, like, you know, raise, uh, like, above their head, like, in a more natural and organic way. It's a really interesting joint. Um, it's clear, like, it's one of a couple of pieces of new engineering that Hasbro hasn't done before these guys. Uh, and there is... Um, I think there are some kinks to work out with it, uh, but it's uh, it's interesting, and I, I I always love to see like weird new articulation being put on stuff. So. No, I thought it was, it was yeah. something that like I don't think I would mm. normally have ever seen. Yeah, um, had she not blown apart, but literally blown apart, and I was lucky and enough Joseph, to be able to get a second mm-hmm. one um, that I honestly haven't opened yet because um, I'm afraid to. Yeah, I almost want to throw her in the freezer for a couple mm-hmm. hours before I actually do it. Well, I will say mine was like no problem whatsoever. So, so yeah, um, but, but it is something to watch out for, you know, especially with, you know, any kind of new art. I, I, and, you know, this is always just one of those things I still remember from back in the old school toy biz days. Uh, so like everything else, anytime they would like roll out new articulation, new engineering on like moving parts, you know, there's always that risk that the first couple were going to be like horrible as far as QC goes. Right. So, and I don't think overall it's that bad. I think, I think where it falls apart a little bit is the paint. Yeah. I think the paint is sloppy, but I wonder how much of that is new line versus what they're using because, and I say that because of this, I don't think you've seen these yet. Mm -hmm. They don't know how to paint a mustache. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, you're referring here to uh, the so I've, half I've, a mustache Winston uh, from the new Ghostbusters line. Which, from from afar, doesn't look bad, and actually yeah. he looks pretty good. Um, but I've seen some not great ones online. The mm-hmm. eyes have been all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like it. I'm glad I got him. Yeah. Um, you know, but Hasbro rolling out two new lines right now with the Ghostbusters and Joe. Um, there's a consistency in problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and these were definitely produced yeah. way far in advance mm-hmm. from all the stuff that's going on. So we can't even say. Yeah. You know the factories are at capacity, or you know at half capacity, or whatever. Yeah, because they had uh, they had like package samples ostensibly, like at uh, like at Toy Fair, even right. And th- these have been out to retailers, yeah. right? Um, and we're probably out to retailers. And I could be wrong. I mm-hmm. could be just talking out of school, and, and I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, there are definitely paint inconsistencies that we don't normally see mm-hmm. in the Black series for Star Wars, and we yeah. definitely don't see mm-hmm. in Marvel Legends to yeah. this degree. Where Definitely. it was like, yeah, and when they're one per case, and I think that Joe and Ghostbusters are such a niche market that mm. um, you're not going to see them on eight pegs. Yeah, exactly. they're going to get like two pegs, maybe. Yeah, yeah it'll be like a small footprint at retail, but that'll be it. Right. So, like you, you know, I, I can only assume that like most targets mm-hmm. that I went to got one case of Ghostbusters and that yep. was it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're going to restock because there's no movie to support the product anymore. Yeah. And my hope was that Wave 2 is going to be Afterlife mm-hmm. product. Yeah. And we'd get some stuff from that. But if the movie's not coming out and they didn't want to spoil anything with Wave 2, are we a year out from Wave 2? Like, yeah, that's the question. I so, mean, I mean, there's a lot of moving yeah. parts. Sorry, I, it's not a Ghostbusters podcast, but... Yeah, I mean, um, that one technically, I think what we'll see is, I think Hasbro is going to rush out some, like, you know, quick and easy repaints for Wave 1. Um, like, you know, there's a lot of different variants and stuff you could do in Ghostbusters. So, I think, yeah. if anything, they could very, comparatively to, like, all new figures, they probably will bank the Afterlife stuff until next year, because, like, you know, so much of it's being kept under wraps anyway, it's probably, a, like, you know, privacy thing with the studio. You know? And I'm fine with that. I don't want to know anything about the movie. Oh, yeah, no, me but, too. But, yeah. you know, we can get another terror dog out of it. Yeah. We can get slimed or marshmallowed. Yeah, you know, or even the gray suits from Wave 2. Like, you know, right. they could do that with very few tweaks um, to be able to, like, release those instead. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a Series 1.5 or, you know, kind of a quick little, like, slapdash. Here's, here's what we're doing for Wave 2 coming out in the fall or in time for the holidays. And that would be fine with me. And then, yeah. you know, see Wave 3 mm-hmm. with some pre- for afterlife and then whatever Mm -hmm. but back to joe see the nice thing about the three and three quarter joes was you had this built-in you know footprint in a store which was small right so it was kind of like the vintage collection or yeah you know it didn't take up a lot of room Mm -hmm. but it left the lower shelf space open for vehicles exactly i don't see them doing a lot of vehicles, but Joe was like, Joe was the vehicle slash playset line of of any toy. I can't think of a toy line that was more prolific. Would that be? no? That's yeah. not a good word for it. But like more 
contingent on vehicles. I mean, yeah. it was so inherently built into. I mean, that literally, like the reason, uh, the reason they decided to go with like three and three quarter inch size was because they wanted vehicles. Right. You know, that's like, you know, it, they had followed suit with Star Wars. You know, and that whole concept back then, from Has like Kenner to Hasbro, both companies were like, well we can't do a big figure and then do vehicles for it. Like that's not going to work. So what we want is like, since this, I mean, some of the dudes on like the original, like 19, like early eighties, like, you know, design team with like the Joe design team at Hasbro, were literally thinking of it as a vehicle line. Like, you know, the figures were an afterthought, right? They're like, yeah, we want to do cool military vehicles. And Oh yeah, by the way, I guess we'll have them big enough that we can sell drivers for them. Right. And that's essentially what, like, you know, that's essentially was the concept like for real American hero. And it's, but, so, <laughs> it's nice to have these in six inch. It is. But I couldn't, like, they sold a TIE Fighter for the mm-hmm. Black Series. Yes. And, you know, very few people were able to buy it, mm-hmm. that did buy it. And those that did now have a problem of space. Yep. And so, Joe vehicles are <laughs> equally as big and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking, and, and so here's my problem. Growing up, I wasn't allowed to buy Joes. Mm-hmm. It was a military line. My yep. mom didn't approve military toys. Mm-hmm. She had a thing about it. And it wasn't until probably, I don't know, 86, 87, mm-hmm. when I got into Joes. And it was that they shoot lasers. Yep. Because the Transformers shoot lasers, mm-hmm. and they shoot lasers. And yeah. the Stormtroopers shoot lasers, and Joe shoots lasers. Lasers. Mm-hmm. So the idea that they weren't using bullets got my... I don't know if it was wearing her down, or she yeah. just realized the difference between them. Uh-huh. And was like, okay, you can get G.I. Joes now. Mm-hmm. And my recollection, or my favorite vehicle, was the one that Cross Country drove. And I can't remember the name of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, oof. I can't either. Rolling Thunder? No, that was the other one. Havoc? Where's an acronym? Okay, now I gotta look it up. Yeah. Um, so that was like my introduction, and I loved mm-hmm. it because I could fit everybody on it. Totally. And, you know, it kind of split open, and like it had all these cool effects mm-hmm. to it. And, you know, I didn't have trouble bubbles. Yeah. Um, or I never had a his tank as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. I had uh, I looked up the I think it was Crossfire, which was the remote control Joe mm-hmm. vehicle that came out later. Yep, that thing's expensive now. Oh, really? Really expensive, hmm. like cost prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Um. So, I, you know, I don't know. What do you think they could do for lot for vehicles for this? See, I really don't know. I honestly, my prediction is we're not going to see much of any vehicles, and this actually goes to. And I love Hasbro. Like, you know, everyone over their rules, like, they do amazing product. Like, you know, they've earned their place at the top of, like, you know, the the action figure, like, hierarchy, like, you know, these days. Um, but here's my big critique, and this is my big, like, hanging point is I feel like a, between the scale and between, like, you know, their decisions, almost every single one of their lines has, like, a fatal missing component that keeps it from being everything that it could be and fully realized, you know, and... Maybe it's just me, but, like, I have a hang-up with almost all of the stuff they're producing now in theory and in, like, you know, the layout. What I mean by that is um, it's been an ongoing critique I've had of the Black series from Star Wars for a very long time is their focus on human-humanoid characters and, like, you know, defocus on aliens. You know, one of the key components of Star Wars has always been the wild, weird-ass aliens that are just, like, super bizarre. And 
the limited amount of those that they've released in Black Series, like, always kind of, like, stuck in my craw. More recently with Power Rangers, same thing. They just keep doing more and more Ranger variants. We've seen barely no monsters, which was a huge part of the show. And not for nothing, if you're trying to find a kid audience, like that's who the kids are going to play with to have the rangers fight what you want villains right like like, right now like you have an army of like 30 some odd rangers that could fight goldar right like you know it's kind of it's definitely like scale tipped and i feel like the flaw with gi joe and i could be wrong on this i'm hoping they prove me wrong uh is that at this scale i don't see them doing a lot of vehicles or like you know updates on a lot of the uh especially the classic vehicles um because again even with star wars which is like a juggernaut as far as like licenses and properties go. Uh, they were able to release like a six inch scale TIE fighter, but they had to do it in a movie line that was being dubbed like the movie event of the year, if not like the five years before it came out. Right. You know, we haven't seen another vehicle of that magnitude. We still don't have a six inch scale X Wing. And one of the reasons is that there hasn't been enough support and enough like zeitgeisty kind of demand for it that like. You know they could do that. Well, so I feel if we're if we're not even seeing for something like Star Wars, like something as iconic as an X-wing, I really can't see them doing like a GI Joe jet or even anything like Jeep size because it would be big. Well, and to that point, I break out my Hummer, uh-huh. which does scale decently mm. with these guys. Yeah, um, it's a little bit short. Uh-huh. So it would definitely fit the um, Ghostbusters perfectly. Yeah. Um, excuse the dust. It's been in the basement yeah. for about eight years. And I haven't touched it. Um, but, you know, something like that, I picked it up. And, I, and I'll have pictures up of it um, yeah. when I do. But for, and I got to find the front grill because it fell off in the box. Mm-hmm. But for the Joe line, like, I'll take the broken Scarlet. Um, she can definitely drive it if i can get it fairly well i mean yeah that that works size wise yeah yeah i mean it's a little bit tight for snake eyes to Mm -hmm. drive it but for the females in the line to drive it it works really well um but you know it was really interesting because i've been listening to a lot of um podcasts from uh his channel is the ultimate toy collector. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been talking to a lot of people. He talked to Vonner. He talked to Zach uh, from Vonner from Mattel and Hasbro fame. Zach from Diamond. He talked to Pierre, who used to work at Mezco. Mezco. And, you know, there's this problem that companies that own the license for things have. Mm-hmm. Because for this price point, yep. the $20 price point, you could theoretically pack this package with a ton mm-hmm. of accessories. Yes. Extra heads, extra hands, extra accessories. Totally. You're not paying the licensing fee. Mm-hmm. So you could theoretically pay to have those extra accessories around. The problem is in the same footprint, mm-hmm. you've got Ghostbusters, which yep. is licensed. You've got Marvel, which is licensed. You've got Star Wars, which is licensed. Mm-hmm. And those don't come with a ton of accessories. No, they definitely don't. So the value, the perceived value, mm-hmm. isn't going to be there. Yeah. And so Bobby Vallow was on a couple of weeks ago, and he pointed out that like a third of the packaging from the front mm-hmm. is covered. Yep. 
to hide yeah, it's just <laughs> all the open space. Well, and that in and of itself is ironic because the boxes for these is bigger than, like, say, Black Series. Oh, way bigger than Black yeah. Series. So, you know, it really, like, so far there hasn't been much, maybe with the exception of Roadblock and his, like, big honking gun. Uh, everything else they could have easily done in, like, packaging smaller than this. Well, and so I wonder... <sighs> You know, Roadblock would have been the perfect build-a-figure for mm-hmm. Wave 1 and could yeah. have given us an extra thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like like the Star Wars line, they chose not to do a build-a-figure. Yeah. And it was kind of a shame because I know a lot of people complain about build-a-figures that are the same size as a figure, mm-hmm. but I still look at it as value. Yeah. As like you're paying for five figures, but you're getting six. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like. Especially at the $20 price point. Um, well, if we can go for a minute, and this, like, I'm not going to just fan cast this entire time, but one thing I will say, because I've been giving this a lot of thought, because, you know, I'm, like, a loser and I have nothing better to think about than, like, you know, what Hasbro could have done with the relaunch of Joe that they didn't do. Um, you know, at least I'm not, like, you know, typing all of this online every single day and, like, you know, calling them all kinds of horrible names, but whatever. Um what I think would have been great for this series in this scale, like, you know, G.I. Joe classified. So, okay, you know, to your point, um, my personal preference probably would have been to just load them up with accessories and alternate parts and things like that. You know, with the argument yeah. that, okay, like, the reason we're doing this is because, you know, it's still a perceived good value uh, compared to other stuff we have because if there's no Build-A-Figure, then we're just loading them up with accessories in lieu of doing build a figure. Right. Uh, if they wanted to do a build item, uh, you know, and this is something that some other companies like McFarland dabbled into a little bit, reach out to the vehicles that way and have a build a vehicle concept that you can't do it with the big ones. And I'm not talking what McFarland did specifically with an out of scale Batmobile. Right. Um, you could do some of the smaller vehicles like a trouble bubble or like snake eyes motorcycle you could break up into enough pieces to be able to like stash a piece. But if they're doing each a, one of the figures, but if they're doing a five figure wave, yeah, so six figure case because mm-hmm. there's two snake eyes in every case. Yep. Would I don't know engineering wise if you'd be able to pull that off? Maybe not. And but. and having to you know, they're doing it with Transformers right now, or they're doing it with Bumblebee Cyberverse, where to build. And I don't know what he's called in the cartoon because I'm not following the cartoon, but mm-hmm. it's basically Optimus Primal. Yeah. Like to build that, it's going to take over po- possibly a year because I think that those cyber figures came out before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last two figures, so the, it came out four figures and then two figures now. And yeah. then there's supposed to be two figures for the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take you a year to build a yeah. build a figure. And I don't think it, people have the attention span to pull that off. I think you could do it in a single wave, though, for some of the vehicles, at least. Like, you know, you could get a, a six-inch scale motorcycle, mm-hmm. like, carved up into enough spots that it could actually work for something. But engineering-wise, could you pull it a, apart enough? How so? Well, that's well we've saying. seen like, the rider's line, yeah. right? There's no yes. detail to those bikes. Yeah. Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's sculpting detail, but there's no yeah. paint detail. Mm-hmm. So, for them to pull that off and give us the quality we want, yeah. would we be bitching equally... You know, I suppose like I mean, like and this is the thing, like, you know, traditionally Snake Eyes, like, you know, like his and Storm Shadow when they have motorcycles are typically the smaller Kawasaki style, like Japanese bikes. I should have brought that up because I've got those two. But basically with that, I feel like, you know, and again, I'm kind of spitballing here, but I feel that some of the figures can be shallow enough in box, like, you know, in wave one, like specifically Scarlet and Snake Eyes. 
can be like thin enough that you could literally take the entire chassis of the bike, split it down the middle, the same as uh, the way that uh, Hasbro was able to do uh, in the Marvel Universe days with Professor X's chair, mm-hmm. split it in half that way and have it rest underneath the figure. So then you have the two parts of the chassis. Then somebody else comes with both wheels and somebody else comes with the handlebar. No, it's it's an interesting so. concept, and I wonder if they're going to play with it going down the line. But mm-hmm. I think like so for for me looking at the packaging, looking at the figures, like besides nostalgia, mm-hmm. there's no reason for me to get these. Like, there's no file card there's no Mm -hmm. build a figure there's nothing you're building towards yeah there's not like a necessary continuity Mm -hmm. in these which i'm hoping they move toward that i really am because it is one of the things i'm sorely missing is the uh anything like there's there's essentially a stat bar on the side if you haven't seen the packaging you know there'll be photos along with this um but uh there's essentially stat bars that show each character like you know here are their specialties and here are their aptitudes right um but yeah there's no to your point there's no there's no written like mythos. There's no update to mythology. There's no anything like that, like a storyline that they're building with these thus far, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, that's actually, that was the first thing that I actually brought up to, uh, the really cool and very, very receptive, uh, brand team at toy fair was that like, I'd really like to see them do something that's going to update and like, you know, kind of either update the mythology to reboot it or like, you know, bring it to the modern era. You know, if this is supposed to be a continuation of, real American hero. Right. I don't know. I, I love them. Like, I'm not saying I don't Mm -hmm. like them. There's, there's a little bit of like being gun shy with it. Mm -hmm. We're thinking like, where are they going to go with it? Just overall, like, like how deep are they going to go since, you know, real American hero and the 25th anniversary really, did such a good job. And I mean, going back and looking at the figures, yeah, very few of them actually, I don't know, hold up mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. Like, yeah, I mean, they definitely show their age much in the way that the uh, um, Toy Biz Marvel Legends stuff does now. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time they were really cutting edge, like this is like revolutionary sort of stuff going on yeah. 10 years after the fact, like, you know, yeah, like, you know, they're going to look a little bit, um, they're going to look a little bit, uh, you know, off from like modern design, but you know, it's kind of as a, as a piece of history, what's interesting about them is they like, you know, they're essentially the reason that some things look the way they do nowadays. Yeah. You know, it was one of those like real pivotal seminal stones, you know, the same as when, um, yeah, you know, perfect example, you're holding one of the Fortnite three and three quarter inch guys from Jazzwares now yeah. who, uh, that is something I really, really want to get to at some point we could jump in now or later at some point with this is the, the spiritual successor of GI Joe, which has been essentially the whole, um, they're all here. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I kind of went nuts over the last two weeks yeah. and this is like two weeks worth of shopping. Mm-hmm. Well, so, like for Fortnite. Yeah. Like, you know, those here, um, I just find it fascinating that in the, uh, the void since, um, since what was the 25th anniversary, 30th anniversary uh, from Hasbro ended up, um, you know, kind of being sunsetted and, uh, you know, concluding, um, they've been kind of sitting on Joe with nothing to do for it for about, like, almost half a decade now. Yeah. Um, and in that time, there's been some really, really fascinating stuff happening, especially in three and three quarter inch in general, that sort of has been trying to take the mantle of, like, okay, we're going to be the new G.I. Joe. 
like this is what we want to do. Um, it's been the impetus for like several Kickstarter campaigns, mm-hmm. uh, starting with um, Marauder Inc.'s uh, Marauder Task Force, yeah. which was the first one to market. Uh, really successful Kickstarter, gorgeous, gorgeous figures that were very much. Um, very much not for kids in that there's a lot of really intricate and small parts and they're really designed to be equal parts model kit and posable action figure. Right. Um, but uh, they were followed by some other stuff like, you know, some of the cool stuff from uh, Vitruvian Hacks by Boss Fight Studio. Yeah. Who, um, you know, were essentially a bunch of guys who had been working for Hasbro and doing a lot of the design work on things like the Pursuit of Cobra, like the 30th anniversary collection from Joe, and then spun off to do their own thing. Yeah. Um, there's the Eagle Force uh, reboot. You know, Eagle Force, of course, was one of the old school, like early 80s G.I. Joe knockoffs by Mego um, that uh, Fresh Monkey Fiction was able to grab the, the rights for and propose doing a new version of it. Those are still, as of this recording, uh, still on the way. Uh, mm-hmm. They've run into a lot of challenges and a lot of uphill battles in trying to make those figures a reality. Um, but supposedly by the end of this year, those are actually going to be out. You know, and then at general retail, you've got uh, Fortnite, which really interestingly has become the like the the carrying on the soul and spirit of like you know three and three quarter inch GI Joe uh, in a way. And it's interestingly, it is. Jazzwares Fortnite line is literally what Hasbro has been pursuing and failing at with G.I. Joe for 20 years. You know, so so I resisted Fortnite for the longest time. I'm like, I'm not going to play. Or I played when they had, like, the Avengers yep. thing. I had no idea what I was doing. I just wanted the Infinity Gauntlet to run around as Thanos and yeah. blast people. Uh-huh. I had no idea what I was doing. And then somewhere around Thanksgiving... Oh, no, it was this summer. I went mm. down to... So DJ's kids from ME Review, mm-hmm. um, Little Geek and Little Ninja, um, they collect Fortnite figures. And mm-hmm. DJ calls Connecticut the magical world of toys because for some reason, Connecticut, e- even though we might get stuff late, yeah. we get stuff. Uh-huh. And we get stuff in mass. Yep. Like I've, between me, you, and Junior, there's been really nothing i haven't been able to get my hands on i'm not saying that because uh the first uh walmart exclusive naka ninja turtles figures are due in about a month of this recording and i'm not going to jinx myself okay but other than that for the most part we've been able to to get what we want Mm -hmm. right um so i was buying these and sending them down to long island yeah for the for the kids and so we went down and I don't remember why, but I said, DJ might have said something like, oh, we're too old, or he said something that kind of just spurred my, Mm -hmm. like, competitive nature. Yeah. And I'm like, if I practice, I could probably be good enough to play with or against your kids. And, Mm -hmm. like, I might not win, but I'm not going to be, like, horrible at it. Mm -hmm. And so I started playing. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And I bought the Battle Pass, and I have been playing pretty consistently. I check in every day to see what's on sale in the store. Mm-hmm. I mean, I play every day, but I, you know, and I put in my time, and, I, and I'm not bad. Yeah. Like, I think I found out, like, I'm level 500 at the moment. Like, so that's pretty far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over Christmas, and it's a review I haven't published yet. It's probably the funniest tongue-in-cheek review I've ever done mm-hmm. because at Christmas, McFarland, you know, was starting to show what they were going to do for um, DC, and so I thought, well, let me grab a McFarland figure, Fortnite figure, 
mm-hmm. to see what the articulation is going to be like for yeah. the DC figures. And I said, wouldn't it be funny if I did a review of Peely? Because Peely was in both lines at the same time. He came out at Christmas time for both of them. Yep. So I was like, let me do a Peely versus Peely. Um, and then I was like, well, if I've got that Peely and I've got that Peely, then I should get the three and three quarter one, right? Mm-hmm. So I got the three and three quarter one. And then, um, yeah, then it was just all downhill because I'm like, well, I got one. Mm-hmm. And then I can get the bunny suit. So I got the bunny suit. And I'm like, I could put the bunny suit on Deadpool. Yeah. The three and three quarter Deadpool from the Marvel Universe line because that would be really funny. So I bought the bunny suit one for mm-hmm. that reason only. And then I'm like, well, I've got some of the building parts, so I might as well get some more of them. Yeah. And then they went on clearance at Target and mm-hmm. Walmart and, and GameStop and everywhere. And I picked up like the gingerbread family for like 10 bucks, the box set yeah. of the gingerbreads. And then it just kind of went and went and went. Guy? Sorry, I haven't seen some <laughs> of the newer figures actually. So, I've seen them in stores. I haven't yeah. checked them out in person. And so it's been a slippery slope, and now I own probably 40 to 50 uh-huh. figures. Yeah. Um, and I've got a running Amazon list of things that I still need to grab. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly, that's Ruckus you're holding. Uh-huh. And as weird as he looks, I don't like him in the game. He's a little too creepy in the game. Yeah. He might be my favorite action figure from that line. He's actually really cool. I did and, this guy and the a lot. thing that I think about all the time because we hear action figure people talking about that design these things is there and you know I've been listening to um, I'm not going to say his name I'm not going to give him the I've been watching somebody's video mm-hmm. about uh, making toys and complaining about how it wasn't in their budget to do decos of a certain type or certain complexity mm-hmm. and then I look at that figure yeah. which costs me. 10 bucks maybe it, well it was 12.99 to start with and yeah. i paid 8.88 for it because uh-huh. it was on sale yeah or six bucks for it because it was on 50 percent. i can't remember where i got it to be honest with you um and i look at all the individual parts on here mm-hmm. i know the body is the same as other characters yeah like i can see all those things but all the different deco pieces all the different colors mm-hmm. all the different add-ons with the hoses and the face mask and the hair yeah all these are different pieces they pulled it off yeah. It's a third-party license. It's not their own. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't own it. Jazzwares yeah. doesn't own Fortnite. Yeah. So, to be able to pull off a figure like this or like this, where, like, the texture's all different mm-hmm. from... and yeah, you know, bomber. Well, when they switch out the decos, like, they can share some parts, mm-hmm. but she's got dragon scales, and yep. she doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're essentially the same figure, but they're not because there's yeah. so much difference in them. If they could pull it off, then you would think that Mattel or Hasbro could pull something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Well, there's um, a, there's like, I mean, and that's the thing, like, you know, the, the Fortnite line from Jazzwares, I think is like a really fascinating, it's actually, um, it reminds me more of vintage Joe than like, you know, even the new classified series does. Yeah. And that, you know, everything you're saying, but then also like, you know, just wild character designs and just the, the volume of assortment. That is something that we saw so much back in the eighties when we were kids, There'd be like randomly, oh hey, a new wave of this thing is out. Here's twenty new characters to buy. Like versus like, you know, now it's so controlled and it's so limited that like, you know, what we never see anything that's a new assortment that's more than like, you know, at most like seven or eight figures. Well, and okay, but here's the funny thing is here's the marketing thing that I've been dying to talk about with somebody that like knows toys. Mm-hmm. It's the most genius goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Where like it is made to make money. 
It is 100% made to make money because, so I got, is it GJ Yonder? Yeah. Okay. Um, to get his boombox, mm-hmm. I had to buy a pinata. Uh-huh. To get his yep. cape, mm-hmm. I had to buy a different pinata. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these characters, their backpacks are in other things. Yeah, their they weapons spread them out everywhere. Are yeah, other weapons, chests, and the pinata sets and everything like that. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's the most, because, like, or, like, the building sets. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want Jonesy, like, the stable character yeah. of the game, mm-hmm. you've got to buy the building set yeah. that he comes with. If you want Rex, mm-hmm. you've got to buy the four, like... And then they don't come with anything. So then mm-hmm. if you want that, you've got to buy this, and then you got to buy this, and then you got to buy this, and you yeah. got to buy this, and then it like spins off and off and off. And I'm like, that's genius. Oh, it's a it's a total it's Ponzi scheme, but it's so, so like it's genius. so well done. I really um I actually I'm very charmed by the uh the sort of like blatant um blatant and very aggressive um just capitalism of the whole thing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the same thing as a game. And like just to your point about playing on the idea of G.I. Joe, here's Tunnel Rat. Yep. Here's mm-hmm. uh, Iceberg. Yeah. And here's Lifeline. Mm-hmm. And those yep. are all Fortnite characters that I just showed okay. him and called the names because they look exactly like yeah. them. Well, that's clearly where the game design comes from is like, you know, a lot of these like classic, you know, classic G.I. Joe archetypes, you know, they're kind of like, you know, tagging into. Uh, some more like more overt than others. Like obviously, like you know, it's kind of a running joke for anyone who knows Fortnite or knows characters. Havoc is literally like a one for one of Firefly. Firefly, yeah. Oh, well, and Jonesy's Duke, yeah. like yeah, clearly, definitely. like, um, and they do vehicles mm-hmm. and they do play sets. Yep, that you have to build. Yeah, but they have unique parts sometimes mm-hmm. that you can get stuff. Um, there's just so much cool stuff about it, and I I think for for kids today that are into this, mm-hmm. this is going to be their GI Joe. Yeah. This is what they're going to go back mm-hmm. and want to buy when they're 40 yeah. and get all these characters and get them all back because, and the other nice thing is, and the other thing that really pulled me in. And I think though, I think in the last month is when I've gotten pulled in the most. Cause I had like under half a dozen, I had like seven yeah. figures maybe. Mm-hmm. And this bucket happened since mid-April uh-huh. because on April 17th, they announced that Deadpool mm-hmm. will have his whole X-Force team in the game. Yep. So you can buy Cable and Psylocke and Domino yeah. and X-Force Deadpool, and you can play as those. And then I was like, well, this Deadpool from Marvel Universe fits in with this character, mm-hmm. Bright Bomber, and that fits in with this character, which is Destro. Yeah. And they're all the same size, and they're mm-hmm. all the same scale, and yep. they all fit together. And they have Batman in there, and the rumor is that Aquaman's coming, and there's a DC. Mm-hmm. The chapter three is going to be DC based. Mm-hmm. So like those figures. Oh, hand me Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the knife right in front of you by the white white flag. Um, and I'm opening. Thank you, Junior. I am currently opening. The Wonder Woman from Spin Masters, which is another three and three quarter line, which I'm in love with. Um, like, just the ability to kind of share parts and to mm. share scales. That's a big hole in her back. Jesus. <laughs> That's gigantic. Oh, wow. Um, but she does scale exactly well with the Fortnite figures. Yeah, it's true. So the idea that we're getting all of these three and three quarter figures, mm-hmm. 
you know, I can dig out that big Millennium Falcon I have downstairs and it will hold a Luke Skywalker, um, name any Fortnite figure that's mm-hmm. in there, um, Jonesy and then Deadpool and everybody will fit on the bridge of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Like, well, it's always been one of the biggest appeals of a lot of stuff, you know, and that goes from kids to collectors is just cross compatibility where everything can actually fit together and you can like merge those worlds that way. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that for the past 10 years, there's been this ongoing debate back and forth about like, okay, what is the, what is the source of truth scale that we're going to do for this? You know, is it six inches or is it three and three quarter inches? Right. You know, and nobody's really won that battle and it's not really anything that there's a right or wrong answer to. It's just personal preference, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, sometimes more goes into it, obviously. Like, you know, what we had, uh, there was a huge boom about 10 years ago of three and three quarter inch. And the reason for that was because, like, you know, uh, plastic and oil production was going up in cost so much that it became, um, you know, more financially lucrative for people to produce at a smaller scale. So that's what we saw as a trend in the industry of them trying to resell this scale that had been, you know, something that kind of fell to the wayside, you know, in the, the the face of like you know the original um original launch of marvel legends under toy biz into the migration of hasbro into dc universe classics and everything else moving in a six inch scale um there came this sort of idea that okay we need to like convince people to go down because that's what we're going to do because you know that is what is financially like lucrative for us right now is smaller figures right you know and then that turned around and all of a sudden like you know oil prices started to adjust and Weirdly, it became uh, really about the same cost to be able to do stuff at either scale, you know, and then people started moving back up toward the six. Well, you and know, now the we're three, seeing another three and three quarter got so expensive that yeah. it was hard to kind of rationalize like paying mm-hmm. $20 for a three and three quarter figure when you can pay $20 for absolutely a bigger yeah. figure well i mean one. even if it's even if it's a you know a case like now you know and i know that there's a lot of people who do collect it but like you know a lot of um the the industry standard for like general retail is usually around 20 ish bucks for a six inch you know and for a three and three quarter inch um you know it ranges anywhere but you know i'd say most aside from like spin master's new dc stuff is not falling in like the eight to ten dollar range anymore it's more in the 12 right 12 to 15 you know which is where you know the star wars vintage collection is uh it is where um like the Fortnite stuff is although you can get it on sale a lot of times yeah you know so it's really it's not like a kind of half the size half the price you know it's more like half the size and like two-thirds of the price right um you know, so with that, you know, it really does more than ever, I feel, just come down to personal preference. You know, one of the things people like, there's a lot people like about three and three quarter inch scale. Like, you know, I'm a like, I'm a six inch guy more so personally, mm-hmm. but I appreciate a lot of three and three quarter inch stuff. Like, I've still got my like Joe's from, uh, you know, the 25th to 30th to Pursuit of Cobra line, um, you know, the movie lines that Hasbro put out then. Um, and I, there's nothing I want to collect more than like, you know, the Jazzwares three and three quarter inch guys from Fortnite. Yeah. Um, just cause there's so much fun. There's so many of them. And like, they're just, I don't know. It's just like, I like supporting smart, cool ideas that are well done. And like, they are all of these things. Right. Cause you know, the one thing we didn't bring on before that I just want to touch on real quick, which again is another genius stroke with this. Like, the sculpting is ostensibly done for them already because these are all based on digital sculpts, like, you know, from what they do. So they could literally just take, you know, um, as soon as, uh, oh God, I can't remember the name of the studio now. Who makes Fortnite? I'm dumb and can't remember. Uh, yep. 
I don't remember. Well, whatever it is, the 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 guys who develop Fortnite, um, like you know the actual like you know software company, they have been very aggressive about like you know releasing batches of new character designs and everything. Like basically as fast as they can come up with a weirder batshit new idea, they're like, oh, here's a new like skin that we're dropping in the game. You know, and once they have that, like, digital file that's, like, game-ready, they could literally just pass that to Jazzwares. Jazzwares can apply it and have the, like, 3D sculpt of the figure ready to go. It's actually the most Epic turnkey. Games. Epic Games. That's what it is. Shout oh, out to Epic Games. And by the way, since I opened my phone, it was the Havoc. Cross-country drove the Ha-ha. Havoc. Got it right in my second yes. try. Um, uh, but, yeah, so, like, it's a really smart... Um, it's a really smart way to make the process streamlined and efficient between in-game content, character design, 3D model to like something that you could actually like produce a toy off of. Right. You know, and this is this is one of the things that like has given Funko such an edge up with Pops is the fact that it is so quick for them to turn around a 3D sculpt of their next product that they can like be like okay, we have the 3D sculpt done from here, literally just give us a number to make, we will have our factory make it and then it's ready. Right. You know, and like uh, Essentially, Jazzwares has fallen into the same thing with Fortnite because, like, they're oh, there's in that so boat. much reuse of parts. Like, there's so many things that are so similar. Even though, like, if you look at it, anybody that's got the shin guards, mm-hmm. they've all got the same lower legs, like yep. to the T, and they just paint over details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they just straight up paint mm-hmm. over details. And but it's the, I don't it, mind it's, it. It's all game accurate. Oh, is the crazy part right? Like, because everything. Like, and again, it goes back to the like you know the genius of this concept here is that like. Essentially, like, there are, like, what, probably five different bases in the character game designs, like, in-game. Everybody else is wearing some variation on a uniform of one of, like, you know, those five or six guys. So, it's different colors, or there's different shit added to it, or I have a helmet of a llama on my head, or whatever. But, like, really, at the end of the day, like, it's all recolors of the same, like, you know, like, core. They're getting more complex. Now they are. are. They're getting a lot more complex. Like, there's some of the stuff they've got. uh, They've got some... Um, Asian designs now, mm-hmm. and I don't remember where they were from, but like that are really different. That mm-hmm. like the lower bodies might be the same, the heads might be different, um, but they've done some intricate costumes, like with I think this is Luminous, yeah, um, where like you see like the difference here. But but you're right, like they mm-hmm. share so much that yeah. it's kind of like, yeah. It's clever because it can keep costs down and they're really, really good. And this is another thing that was a claim to fame to like Hasbro's like old school vintage Joe line and why I really feel that the Fortnite stuff from Jazzwares is like following in suit with that is they appreciate more than anybody else how um, a different color palette on the same sculpt can really make a different look under the right circumstances. Yeah, 100%. You know, and weirdly, I don't know if it's just because there's more detail or because they're not afraid of big, bold, bright colors or what the situation is, but it doesn't feel annoying in the way that something like, say, the latter years of DC Universe Classics did for me, where I was like, I'm literally spending 20 bucks for a fucking head because I've had this body for like right eight years now. Right. You know, like the, the Jazz Wars exactly. Fortnite stuff, like it feels different. Like, you know, and I'm like, I know this is essentially like a new head and new colors on like the same guy but yeah but like it's a burger like, boss yeah mm-hmm. yeah but perfect example it's so like it's bright and silly and weird that there's enough like difference with it that well they clipped on the ketchup and mustard on the back mm-hmm. and i'm like yeah. you know what for nothing else mm-hmm. that's worth it yeah absolutely like anyway so joe this was a joe yes. podcast but it is, so we're talking I, you know, no, we're I know. talking they, conceptually we're kind of still talking joe uh, no i mean but i don't think there would be a Fortnite without gi joe oh no 
Like, I don't, I don't think so. And I think that, I don't think that uh, Jazzworth would have the idea to do the toy line in this way if Joe hadn't existed. Like, there's so much obvious, um, there's so much obvious influence from GI Joe in. I mean, video games all over the place. Like, you know, right. if I really wanted to put a conspiracy theory, like, you know, red string style board together, there are so many modern games, video games, that, like, are so heavily indebted to Joe. You know, some stuff is more obvious that, like, you know, you got your Call of Duties and stuff like that, you know, right. war-based games. But there's so many others, like, you know, whether it is, um, you know, whether it's Overwatch, whether it's Fortnite, that the the concept of a paramilitary-ish team or paramilitary-ish group of characters, you know, each with their own specialty and then, like, you know, some kind of, like, funky accessories or weird weapons or whatever that follow suit with that. Like, that trope was, like, created by Joe. Right. Like, you know, that's that's literally what it was. They're like, you know, oh, yeah, like, you know, G.I. Joe Sailor is the Sailor guy. Here's Shipwreck. Like, right. you know, and, you know, the whole thing. And then everything about him is, like, suited to whatever that, like, you know, that ability, that specialty that he brings to the team. You know, everything is crafted and sort of reverse engineered based on that. Now, the question, mm -hmm. the question does, now that you've brought that up, it, it made me think for a second. The question is, you know, the first wave of Classified really laid heavily into you know, the original lineup mm -hmm. of figures, that first wave, that box set that we got, yep. that was the 25th anniversary, mm -hmm. minus Gung Ho in this first wave, and <sighs> Cobra Commander Baroness and things. But um, do you think they're going to lean into the village people aspect? Because these guys don't mm -hmm. necessarily. Yeah. But when you get into Shipwreck, when you get into... Um, Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. And you get into some of those other, like, barbecue mm. and... Yeah. I mean, those lean into like the very tropey kind of. Yeah, they get of, a lot goofier. They get goofier. Yeah. Um, do you think they're going to lean into it, or do you think that they're going to backtrack and make them more modern? I hope they. I hope they lean into the goofiness, and honestly, I think that would be the stuff that would then. Um, that's the stuff that would have appeal to kids. You know, I mean, the reason, like, you know, for characters like Shipwreck or like. Uh, you know, barbecue or like, you know, like later on, like, you know, fridge or even Sergeant Slaughter was like, mm -hmm. you know, you have these like, you know, goofy abstractions that essentially like, you know, make the whole thing more like kid friendly and more like, you know, silly for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. um, dovetailing what we were saying previously, like that is the part that one of the reasons Fortnite has become so huge is while it is like, you know, a shooter slash like, you know, like, you know, military strategy like type game, you know, there's a level of goofiness and campiness to the designs and everything like that. That is one of the things that really has caused such an appeal. But so I think that if Hasbro Hasbro's danger with leaning into that with GI Joe now would be people would be like, Oh, well you're just ripping off Fortnite ironically well but that's so here's here's the other piece of it that just came into my mind is like kids aren't gonna go mommy buy me a roadblock figure mm -hmm. mommy buy me a, you know yeah a snake eyes figure mm -hmm. like th that's not gonna happen yeah right now these mm -hmm. these are 100 percent sold to us yeah no these are these are sold to adult collectors like that is like that is clearly the like the market for it yeah i mean even ghostbusters mm -hmm. at least had a movie theoretically coming out yeah that could have leaned into that mm -hmm. like nostalgia slash classic like yeah you know these guys winston and ray and peter are going to be in the film mm -hmm. and we think or at least I think Egon in some way, mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form, especially, you know, due to that first trailer. Yeah. Really showing off, like, his legacy. Mm -hmm. um, so at least they had some kind of connection. Yeah. 
you know, secondhand mm-hmm. connection to that. And you throw Ant-Man into the movie, you know, Paul Rudd's in the movie. Yeah. Like you've got this kind of, and you know, stranger thing. You, you've got mm-hmm. this kind of like built in audience that might go see it just because of that. Oh yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, it's a diverse, it's a way like audience diversification, right. you know, that you're going to draw people in from different, right. different planes and, and different areas. And so the idea of Ghostbusters toys makes sense to me. Yeah. And like, yes, I'm all excited. I'm all in for GI Joe. I'm really, you mm-hmm. know, I want more. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. You know, if commercially or you know, randomly, these are going to sell as well as we want them to. I don't know either. I really don't. I mean, like, they're really, really nice. Like, they're gorgeous figures. Like, you know, and I like them a lot. Uh, I hope that they do. I hope that they succeed. I hope they do well. Um, I do question the veracity of a line that is not going to be able to really be easily supported by vehicles and that is relying 100% on collector audience. Because I agree with you that, like, kids aren't going to be, like, kids aren't going to be flocking to these. I think if a kid gets these, they're actually going to play with them and be like, oh, these are awesome. But, you know, that's, again, it, it goes back to the strategy and, like, you know, it, half of the trouble with G.I. Joe being gone for so long was, like, as we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we do this? How do we make this relevant? And right. essentially, I feel, you know, and again, I could be wrong on this, but I do feel that the age-old debate that Hasbro has been struggling with for all this time, how do we make this relevant? How do we make this appealing to kids? How do we pull in a younger generation right. to be into this? I do feel for all the things I love about it, uh, G.I. Joe Classified essentially says, fuck it, we give up. Yeah. You know, that they're like, we're just going to do something that, like, you know, is, like, not trying to pull in kids, not trying to pull in a younger audience. We're just going to make wicked cool toys that, like, you know, we know we have a built-in, like, adult audience for, and we're going to see what happens. Right. Um, That is really the impression that I get. That could be way off base, you know, and I don't mean to sound insulting with saying that at all. No. But um, if I were Hasbro both as a toy producer and also as um, license holder of G.I. Joe as a property. The answer is, the answer is there. Like, you know, how do we make this relevant to kids? Literally what they do is like, you know, they go to uh, Epic Games. They go to And do a Fortnite, Fortnite pack. And do a Fortnite pack of G.I. Joe characters. And that is how you've reintroduced them in something, a context that kids know. Ironically, it would be the same thing Fortnite's already doing, only a sanctioned version of it. Right. You know, that you're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, instead of us, like, you know, and Hasbro honestly could probably, gonna, if they really wanted to push, could probably get away with doing this very easily because they're like, uh, yeah, you know how we didn't sue you over all the other times you ripped off our IP? <laughs> like, how about we just do this expansion pack that's actually going to, like, give them the proper names and, like, our blessing? I would buy it. But that's, how, that's how you do it. Like, that's, in a heartbeat. That's how you do it. You, like, you reskin, um, you know, you reskin Jonesy and, like, you know, make him be like make him look like duke you know yeah. you introduce snake eyes and storm shadow to it like you know and that's how you do it and all of a sudden like you know kids would actually understand who these characters are you don't need a tv show you don't need another crappy movie yeah. like kids would identify recognize and then like be on board you yeah know? and then from there you know you can introduce them both into like the Jazzwares line but then you also you have that recognition and that's how you do well but i mean that's that's a little bit of the problem right because the Jazzwares line even though for all its Marvel and DC and John Wick involvement, mm-hmm. we've never seen an action figure outside Very their true. property. But there is still that rumor that like there's some kind of agreement between Hasbro and Jazzwares. 
you know, we didn't see that come to fruition at Toy Fair, but, you know, there's been a longstanding rumor since about January that, like, they were in some kind of negotiation about G.I. Joe's license. Right. It yeah. was a press release that got released mm-hmm. the week before Toy Fair yep. that said, you know, you know, Jazzwares is happy to produce G.I. Joe mm-hmm. toys, but we don't know what that meant. Yeah. Or, and then we went into Jazzwares booth, Jesse and I, and although we couldn't for- photograph anything in the Fortnite booth, there was no G.I. Joe. And we looked mm-hmm. around the entire section like the whole their whole compound because they had a big compound um nothing was joe related so Mm -hmm. we still don't know what that agreement was yeah and you know jazz wears aside epic also has to get on board and totally and go absolutely but um so what's your favorite figure out of the first wave Uh, first wave um my favorite is scarlet honestly yeah uh i think that she is a just a really really incredibly well-engineered figure despite the qc issues that come with the engineering um i love the way this new articulation like you know on the hips and on the shoulders especially works on a female buck in particular mm-hmm. i also think it is uh possibly like you know one of one of if not the best uh uses of face printing we've seen so far like down to the freckles yeah. on her cheeks um and like you know the head sculpt is perfect uh down to the 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 blonde highlights that they've added to um to her red hair, much to the chagrin of some collectors. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a, you know, I think her costume design is a logical way to sort of ground and update her classic where it still look, it still reads as the classic design, but like has enough new flares that it feels like something different. You know, again, I do go on the, what I'll say is, what I'll say is this, like that I know that there's a big contingent of people and have been since Toy Fair that would much rather just a classic, 100% classic design of these characters in this scale, you know, just because it's something we've never got before. Um, I like the newness. I embrace the newness. It's mm-hmm. always been the most exciting part about Joe to me is like, how are we going to make this different? Not how are we going to bring back the old thing? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like Joe would have been like dead in the water in the eighties, even if they didn't like introduce the whole real American hero idea and just tried to keep up with, here's literally a bunch of generic soldier guys. Like we used to make in 12 inches in the sixties. And now right. we're just doing that in the eighties in like three and three quarter inch scale. Yeah. Um, but so, so far, Scarlet is my favorite, uh, but I will say that what I'm most excited for is the first original character that they do, and I hope that they move in the direction that they introduce new characters to this line. Like what? Like what do you mean? I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, they could do whatever, but just, like, I want a new character being added to, rather than just, here's an update of an existing real American hero figure, move it forward. Like I want, uh, I want the next wave to be like you know four established characters and then one brand new Joe or brand new Cobra Trooper. Like that's what I want to say. Okay. You know that that's something that didn't exist in the eighties. You know whether it's like you know um, the perfect example from like the last iteration of Joe uh, with the thirtieth anniversary wave was the Data Viper that came out in one of the latter lines of the uh, the GI Joe Retaliation movie line, mm-hmm. where eighties you know when all the Joe stuff was happening. There was no drone warfare. No one knew what the fuck a drone was. Yeah. So, like, it was, oh, it was a that logical That's update. That's a really good one. Yeah. It was a logical update that they're like, okay, well, now instead of being set in 1987, like, this is set in, like, you know, 2012 or whenever that movie came out. Right. And they're like, okay, so what would be something modern that we could apply to the same sort of, like, like 
G.I. Joe, like apply the G.I. Joe logic to something from today. Right. You know, and the result was like something like Data Viper where it's a, yeah, this is like, you know, the Cobra Trooper who operates drones. Yeah. Like, I want to see stuff like that added to the line. And if you do it as a Joe, I want it to be a new character that's like something we haven't seen before. Okay. No, so. that's fair. I was just taking Jonesy out because I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that Duke had the same shin gear as the Fortnite figures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yep. legit. Mm-hmm. And like the color palette and everything. Yeah. Um, For me, you know, since we already have the Snake Eyes from the exclusive box set, yeah. it's hard to judge him mm-hmm. on the same level as the rest of them because I feel like... There's already two versions of Snake Eyes out. Yeah. You know, color palette different. Mm-hmm. Um, weapons are different for the most part. So I think of the four that we haven't seen or didn't have our hands on, I think Destro. Mm-hmm. Destro might be my favorite between the briefcase, the classic look to his costume, mm-hmm. the really, really well done head sculpt. Yeah. Um, his eyes didn't come out as, you know, green like I'd want them to be, but. Yeah, they it, they basically rather than do full green eyes, like they gave him like uh, like it's black eyes uh, that are then uh, have like a green pupil. Yeah, and I'm okay with it, but mm-hmm. um, of all of them, I think when I think of like wanting this in six inch, this yeah. is what I wanted. He is definitely I, the closest to that. You know, I will this agree. isn't bad. Like Roadblock yeah. isn't bad, mm-hmm. but it isn't this. Yeah, like it's not a one to one here. Well, Roadblock, they kind of split the difference. Like, you know, what happened was, like, with Snake Eyes and especially with Snake Eyes and Destro, they really are like, we're going to take their, like, 84 looks and just apply it. Right. Like, we're going to give them new texture, we're going to modernize it, but we're just going to apply that look. Roadblock is the only one, most of all, that they did. And this, you know, again, I'm fully on board for stuff like this. I always think it's cool. Like, you know, some people, like our friend Junior, hate when this happens. Uh, but they basically are like, we're going to take elements from these two other iterations and merge it into one thing. Right. Essentially, what they did with Roadblock was they gave him the vest from his second look, which was the gray pants, green vest, and, like, in a white undershirt. Right. But they just did away with the white undershirt. So essentially the like the green vest still looks like, you know, the the V2 roadblock, but it also serves as like a stand in for the green tank top from right. his original appearance. Right. So no, it's kind I, of splitting the difference, uh, yeah. which I think is clever. I I don't mind those kind of updates. Like mm-hmm. Junior and I were talking about Thundercats. Yeah. And, you know, how classics is going. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I love my mini mates because I got everybody. Mm hmm. Like, I got all the characters I want. Like, do yep. I want more? Yes. Am I going to get more? No. But did the core team get made? Yes. And, you know, we were talking about differences and things like that. And I was like, no, like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they've made some updates. They've made a couple changes here or there. Mm-hmm. But I'm good with, like, Duke. Like, I was never a huge Duke fan. Mm-hmm. I was always in the Flint camp. Like, Flint yeah. was always my favorite. So, like, Duke looks like Duke. Scarlet looks like Starlet. When they get to Lady J and Duke, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Lady J and um, Flint. Flint, yeah. like, yeah, it might be a little more critical. I mean, they mm-hmm. were my favorites growing up. Totally. Two of yeah. them. Um, these two, not so much. So I don't have, like, this affinity to kind of, you know, mm-hmm. really like them. Snake Eyes, I think if you take the exclusive Snake Eyes head and put it on this body, I think you've got the ultimate best version of Snake Eyes yeah. they have. And, like, two different combinations for his gun. Yeah. Because you can put it either, you can either holster the the sidearm with the machine gun, mm-hmm. and they go together, yeah, really well. Or you can put this on his backpack, and then attach mm-hmm. his sword to yep. it. Like yeah. it's got multiple ways to pull that off. Mm-hmm. 
that I'm like, all right, like that kind of stuff is cool. When I like it, when you get somebody and all their gear is on them. Yeah. And that was a big, that was a big point of contention with the Hasbro team that they said was really important to them with this line, you know, which I do very much appreciate the fact that like most of people's stuff can clip onto them or store into something, some kind of holder, uh, like on the figure itself, which I think is really cool. You know, it's, it's a fun little added thing. And it's a very awesome detail to be able to like put onto like the figures on top of everything else. So everyone has, I think, um, everyone has at least one holster or sheath or something, I think, right? To have an extra weapon, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, whether it's, like, you know, Snake Eyes, like, you know, holster, uh, which is, like, quite similar to the design that we saw in some of the later 25th era figures, uh, you know, where it actually has a separate little holder for the, the silencer. That's one uh, of the best things yeah. about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's a silencer and the whole, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that... I really appreciated actually was uh, uh, the fact that because this was something that hadn't come up at Toy Fair and I was very pleased to see it. Um, Duke comes with his binoculars and they're like modern day uh, compression binoculars, but uh, you know it's it's based as a nod onto the classic figure. But I love the fact that he has a peg on his belt so they could actually like store on the belt. Oh, it did come up at Toy Fair during the presentation that specifically. Yes, the binoculars. Yes. I remember the binoculars coming up, but not the fact that they could be stored. Yes, really. Yeah. Okay. I'm 90% sure yeah. they mentioned it because I knew, mm-hmm. like, when I took, when I got the binoculars, I yeah. knew exactly where to put them. Like, okay. I wasn't looking around going, oh, where's this going to go? Gotcha. I'm like, oh, they fit on his belt. I knew yep. that. Okay. So that was definitely a point. It would have been, see, like, and now looking at him going, you know what would have been nice mm-hmm. is if the shovel and the canteen could have came off. Yeah. Like, that could have been yeah. something that could have been nice to have, too. Absolutely. Um, but overall, I, yeah. No, I think that they, I think they did a really good job with Wave 1. Mm-hmm. Like, I have no qualms about telling people to go out and buy these. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. this is not something that into, I'm if like. If you're in a Joe or just highly articulated, like, six-inch action figures. Yeah. You know, it really is. It, it's 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 the next step. I feel it's the next step, regardless of character selection. It is the next step in Hasbro basically attempting to, for $20 at mass retail, release something that is of the same quality as, like, you know, we're seeing from, like, sh figure arts or as uh you know um uh revoltech yeah no it's close i mean the neck like the neck joint that they switched to Mm -hmm. which is like the barbell i think they're calling it or it's it's yeah it's similar to what's happening in star wars too yeah star wars and now some of the marvel Marvel stuff stuff too too. yeah so like they're definitely sharing engineering ideas and i've heard that a lot of the same articulation here specifically with the shoulders and uh hips is going to be on the new super articulated spider-man that's coming in the retro wave well that would be really cool so i've heard he's going to have the pull-down style hips like that you know to be able to like do a bigger range that'd be nice like i like the idea that at least i mean that's the question that i always talk about um when i talk to the teams is asking like you know how is how is joe's Mm -hmm added pull down hips adding to mm-hmm. your ability to make better figures and you know are, is there a rivalry are you guys sharing ideas yeah because i think that it all all just helps everything and i think it makes a ton of sense for someone like spider-man where he's an agile character and like you know the figure should be able to pose in all kinds of crazy extreme positions right i think it makes a ton of sense on that does it have to be on every single marvel legend figure no probably not like no but once they get the but, money out of the tool why not mm-hmm. like why Absolutely. not for everybody that oh way? yeah um yeah. No, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy I bought them. Like, I'm in. I'm definitely looking forward to Wave 2. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the box art, I mean, if I was going to say Wave 2, I would definitely say there's three characters right off the bat. Yeah. Baroness, Gung-Ho, and Cobra Commander. Which would all make sense. 
right? Um, it would be really nice if we had the opposite of wave one, which is four Cobras mm. and a Joe. Yeah. And that would fit. So if we got Cobra Commander, Baroness, and Gung Ho, and then the two army builders on the back. Yep. I, yeah. Yeah, so you'd have like a red ninja. The only thing that would be weird, it'd be really weird to have a red ninja before you have Storm Shadow. Yeah, but I mean, we got Destro before Cobra Commander. That's true. You know, like yeah, I mean, I I think the selection is very deliberate about um, I think it's a very deliberate selection about like what order they're going to release hope, figures in. Yeah. So, um, I have no idea. People are waving at me. Oh. Um, so yeah. I'd be excited to see like what is the other thing that like at least going from the poster art, which is um you know a gorgeous illustration, which uh it covers the entire back of the box for these guys. Um, they first debuted it at officially at Toy Fair this year. Um, yeah, it basically outlines all five of the characters from Wave One, and then the ones that uh, you had mentioned there. Um, what I find interesting is like nowhere on here, aside from a really really tiny in the corner, like piloting one of the trouble bubbles, is like a a kind of standard Cobra trooper in like the blue uniform. Right. Um, you know, what we have instead is a whole squad of alley vipers, you know, toward the, the top of the picture, uh, who are much more prominent than like, you know, the generic Cobra troop. So, um, I'm wondering if they're going in that direction of like kind of doing away with the blue uniform guys, uh, you know, in this iteration. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I mean, the vehicles on the back, there definitely scream like, Oh, this character drives this, and oh, this yes. character drives this, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to see. Hundred percent. Like, is that Deep Sixes? Yeah. That's yeah, the deep. shark is on yeah. there. There's a bunch of like classics that are on the on there vehicle wise, and again, you know, that could just all this could all just be misdirect because I don't think we're going to see nearly this many vehicles, especially anytime soon from this line. No, and not this size either. Yeah. I mean, I could see a his tank or a trouble bubble or mm-hmm. the smaller like Jeep vehicles, yeah. but. I don't know. I don't think we're going to get a Raptor or... Um... No, I would be stunned. Oh, God. Could you imagine a six-inch Raptor? Yeah. I mean, that would be the size of this table, Yeah, to be honest with you. Yeah, it'd be enormous. Yeah, it'd be huge. Um, see, that I would buy in phases. Mm-hmm. Like, you buy this this year, this yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where, like, the subscription model... See, I always thought this should have been a Pulse mm-hmm. line. Like, yeah. this feels mm-hmm. more like a Pulse line. And I know they're ramping up to a movie year, possibly yeah. next year. Yeah. But, I don't know. Well, but I feel like that movie is not going to be... It, like, it's going to be a <laughs> Snake Eyes solo. So, it's going to be much more in the vein of Bumblebee at best, I think. Right. But it opens up yeah. the world, right? Potentially. So, and it opens up yeah. real estate in the toy aisle mm-hmm. for this line. I'm curious to see how this markets because it's not there's no cross sell on the back mm-hmm. right yeah there's no um uh there's no other products mm-hmm. like there's no funko pops like yep. so when i think about them like releasing it like an end cap mm-hmm. you know there's no funko pop there's no weapons there's no yeah. t-shirts necessarily that we mm-hmm. know about like there's no feature yeah for it's this literally to kind just of build gonna on. be these and that's it's it. just these yep. and that's it like Ghostbusters even has ghost traps and PK mm-hmm. meters. Like totally, Walmart has the retro wave, right? Yeah. So there's like this this feature mm-hmm. aspect to it. This is just going to slowly kind of launch. Yep. It reminds me of how they launched Combat Heroes. Do you remember mm-hmm. when Combat Heroes came yep. out? It was just them, and that was it. Mm-hmm. One wave done out. Like mm-hmm. and yeah, but 
I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to see what else they got. I'd love to see where they go with it. I'm interested, and I can't wait to see how they're going to finally reveal and then sell the uh, Pimp Daddy Destro that you know they were clearly intending for San Diego this summer. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they're see. doing fan events every month. By the time yeah. this comes out, we might know. So. We, we might. Yeah, because they've got a Marvel event that happened three days ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a week ago when this airs mm-hmm. um so these are going to be available at retail or they should be available june 1st at retail yep um i don't have the dcpi at the moment like the yeah. group dcpi mm-hmm. we have the individual ones because yeah. we have the boxes um you can order these from um our favorite toy store um links will be in the article so you can find mm-hmm. them there um they'll have those in stock and uh yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah i mean they definitely spurred that snake eyes definitely spurred my interest in Fortnite toys and mm-hmm. yeah jazzwares got a lot of my money well hasbro's yeah. about to get a lot more so mm-hmm. cool thank you cool yeah. yeah sounds good this was fun now we have to go take pictures of uh baron bens baron bens and the and aquaticons i have no idea what i'm gonna do aquatic okay yeah well that's for pictures you you'll have seen the review when you see yeah. this yeah so cool awesome bye nice this one alone is really nice. She looks good. She looks really good. This podcast was brought to you by Jackson Studios. Jax!